This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go! What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Benchtown TV. If you're a first-timer, welcome to Benchtown TV. Uh, we are a group of people who love talking about TV. I am Paul, and with me today are Brian, Kathleen, and Kyle. And we're here today with a pitch-down coverage of a show that took over social media for a bit, and the show got an insane amount of people talking about Jenna Ortega Wednesday. Now, like I said, this is a pitch town where those of us who have watched a show, the vets, tell a few of us who haven't seen the show, the rookies, to watch the first episode. We will all discuss it, and then the rookies will tell us if they plan to binge the show right away, add the show to their list, or if they don't have any interest in the show, and therefore they're out. Brian is my fellow Wednesday veteran here today, and Kathleen and Kyle will be our rookies. Now, before we start breaking down the episode... We want to hear our, our initial reactions from our rookies, and then we'll do the vets. So Kathleen and Kyle, the rooks, what's up? You know, how'd you like the first step of Wednesday? And out of curiosity, did you ever watch the Adams Family before, like back in the day, or how familiar are you with them? So that's a good question. I didn't realize I was so unfamiliar with the Adams Family lore until I watched it. First of all, within the show, somehow, even though my TikTok was full of Wednesday, like every swipe was Wednesday related. I had no idea this was going to be so sci-fi with werewolves and sirens and vamps and shit. I had no fucking idea, which was a pleasant surprise. But yeah, no, I'm not familiar with the I feel like Wednesday Adams is the lore I knew. Like, that's the only thing I knew. So I knew there was a hand. I recognized it like I recognized the mom, dad, the son, Lurch. But I don't know fucking anything about it. So this is really my first dive in. Um, Loved seeing Christina Ricci in there, who was not the original Wednesday Adams, but like arguably the most famous until now. Um, But I liked the episode. I liked it way more on the second watch. To be to be honest, during the first one, I was like, man, I can't believe so many people watch this show. This is crazy. I was happy for it. I love that a genre show is getting such attention. But I was shocked by it. And I and to be fair, I thought it the like the like cynicism and stuff was a little laid on a little thick. And then during the second watch, I loved it, like loved it and was like, I guess I just need it to be like weaned into it a little more um but yeah so that's my initial take i really liked the first episode kyle how about you uh honestly it's funny i think i have almost entirely the same thoughts i guess without the the second watch caveat because i i've only seen it one time um 
I, again, I know of the characters of Adam's family. I don't know anything more than that. Uh, I also loved, I, I loved the setting of everything. I really liked when we got to Nevermore. Nevermore looked awesome on the inside. Yeah. It felt like for everyone who has seen Winona Earp, we did Winona, I guess it's been what? It's been over a year, a year mm-hmm. right? Which is kind of crazy. We go a little bit back in that style of world in terms of we have these types of beings like vampires, ghouls, all that kind of stuff, which is fun. We talked about this, I guess, when we were setting up who wanted to be on this episode. I, and Kathleen, you agreed. I can't believe they didn't put this out in like October. It feels weird that it came out in like the end of November and early December because it has completely that like hot, like this seems like it'll be like a cult, like every October people will rewatch Wednesday. It has that kind of fun vibe to it, but I think overall my my stuff my uh, my impression is fairly good. It's just maybe not a show off the first episode only for like like geared towards me. I, I she looks is like a lot much younger than I thought she was. I thought she was more of like a grown up than going into it. It's so funny because it's almost perfectly geared towards me. Yeah. <laughs> Is, I was shocked that you hadn't seen it. Yet. Yeah, I just like my brain couldn't click in. And I think we had covered so much stuff at the end of the year. And I was watching. A, we were covering a lot at once. So once we were co- I was done kind of the hump of Vampire Academy, House of the Dragon, all of that. I was like, I need to just binge a bunch of little shows like I want to watch with not taking a single note and I wanted to watch Christmas movies. And like, I just was like, Wednesday's not really the mood right now. And then it was a perfect time right after Christmas because the decorations go down and it's time to be dark and and creepy again. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But I will say, and before we let Brian and Paul jump in on why they liked it so much, I assume since they're pitch towning it and binge it really quick, Jenna Ortega is a star. I understand why it blew up so much her delivery, like some of the some of the one liners the second time around, it had me like chuckling. I'm like, this girl is so good. She was the main character in Scream 5. So good. She was in Jane the Virgin, but now she is just going to be so booked and busy for the rest. Isn't she a Marvel character soon, too? Probably the way she blew up. I, I think mean- she is. I think I saw that, but she was no also in you, which is what I knew her from. She was fantastic in this, but yeah, I couldn't agree more. She completely deserved all of the praise. This show doesn't become what it was in social media, pop culture, whatever, without her performance. And I think is it it is deserving of all the praise. She was fantastic. To take us back, my familiarity with the Adams family, I have watched a lot of the 1960s black and white. I think it was the original television, The Adams Family Show. Reason being, my roommate bought a Vizio television and they have those like very limited channel selections that run 24-7 on a loop. So that's what we put on for the dog when we leave the house and all like come back to work and all <laughs> like that. sit down and watch an episode or 10 because they are like quick hitters. And it was so funny. It's kind of the same vibe, um, but it was like one of those sitcoms with like a, a laugh box. So it was a different vibe, but still that same lovable Adams family vibe. So I was really excited for this. I knew it was going to be completely different since it was in the 2020s um, instead of the 1960s. And additionally, I want to go back to the fact that probably the target demographic is, well, young adult. It's definitely a YA story, but more than that, young adult 
probably teenage girls, I would say, is what this is geared to. And that's right up your alley, Kathleen. So I, too, was surprised <laughs> that you hadn't already hit this. You yeah, are even, like you young adult 20s girls. woman. Because yeah. it's we like just talking about One Tree Hill before this. Turning so 30 in May. Up. Yeah, it's the inner 17 year old girl in you that is your television uh, taste. So I was surprised that you hadn't ripped this already. But I, I also went in cautiously optimistic because I love the Adams family from the show. But I was like, we'll see how it goes. And it I, I really did fall in love with it. I thought it was just that classic, charming Adams family something you can't really put your finger on, but it just all worked for me as the series progresses. We also do have to say, you guys said, oh, I was shaky. I you came to like this episode, Kyle. You may not like it still. This is the pilot episode. And they did a lot of heavy lifting in the world building. We're in Nevermore now. These are all the characters and these are the mysteries that we're going to be following for the whole season. So I think they did a great job in rewatching this. Uh, setting it up, and I think it gets better from here. So, Kathleen, you better watch the rest of this season, Kyle. You know, take it or leave it. Um, yeah. But yeah, it gets better from here on out. So, to be fair, I watched this first to episode. Be fair. To be fair, last <laughs> night after the first day back of work, after like being off for a week and a half, I was fucking exhausted. I wasn't going to watch it a second time, but after realizing kind of the like vibe I had, the bad vibe I had last night while watching, it, I was like this deserves a second watch like i need to sit and watch because i felt great today so i watched it right after work and and i worked from home today so i was nice and relaxed and it was great like (laughs) that makes me so happy because i haven't been so pleasantly surprised by a show in a long time i mean i pretty much had the same initial thoughts as you guys like i saw the internet reacting to it i still didn't really have any interest i only started watching because i watched the first episode with my girlfriend and it opens up in the high school, and I'm like, all right, here we go, Degrassi ass, <laughs> like high school drama. I don't think I'm going to like this too much, but it quickly escalates. Um, I was 100% in after I watched the first episode. And I mean, you guys already said that Jenna Ortega, I was totally captivated by her performance as Wednesday. She was like almost built for it. I don't know how much behind the scenes stuff you guys heard, but Tim Burton directing, um, he was really picky with like her hair. He had to make, it had to be absolutely perfect that he liked it. He actually ended up grabbing the comb and like doing the final touches and then putting the spray on because he likes these little details. Fucking Um, guy. And and he absolutely loved her. I don't know if you heard, but she like almost never blinks. Like, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, Tim Burton, like they did a take like that apparently where she didn't blink and he was like, I love it. So you got to do that for the whole thing now. Um, So she is like Wednesday to me. She's so good. Um, And I just love the opposite day feel of the Adams family that it gives. You know, it's raining outside and Morticia's like, well, at least it's turning into a beautiful day. (laughs) Yeah. My exposure to the Adams family, like when I would go to my grandparents when I was really little, I would watch Three Stooges and the Adams family. So I knew it back in the day. Uh, It's been years since I was exposed to it, so I couldn't name the family or anything before I watched this. But as you do, the season goes on, you do remember some more stuff, and it actually does pay off greatly if you were watching it back in the day. So I absolutely loved it. Uh, Without any more to do, do you guys have anything to say before we jump in and start covering the scene? Let's rip it. I kind of wanted to just go right into that quote-unquote normie high school scene what are your guys instant takes of this girl when she like the bully scatter pugsley falls out of the locker what are your instant takes of this character because like 
her first deadpan delivery for me, I, w- I was like, I'm in. I'll be honest, I feel like I had the exact opposite reaction. Mm. <laughs> Tell me about it. And I guess even, well, I mean, I mean not even in the first scene, because the first scene is not enough to like, to actually have an opinion on it to me personally. I guess technically in the first scene, I was completely neutral. But I don't know. I guess I didn't really have a ton of thoughts off the first scene initially. I would say the first like actual thought I formulated was when she drops the piranhas into the pool. Did you, was it where'd she get those piranhas? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that yeah, whole yeah. high school <laughs> okay, scene with her dealing with the bullies, talking to Pugsley. Yeah. I like the the piranha part was funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> Within 15 seconds, this girl has you laughing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you know, we also got introduced to the visions fairly early on, so we kind of knew mm. it was a little supernatural. We do get she's touching Pugsley, helping him out, and she gets the visions of you know all the I love how the, the jocks too are water polo. Like that is such a foreign concept to me as like <laughs> this yeah. northeastern like dude just chilling up here. Um, it's so funny. But I mean, yeah, the piranhas. Yeah, I love a, a fucking ga- gaggle of piranhas just eating these douchebags up. I love that. Yeah. I wish she was nicer to her brother, but I love the piranha scene. It's good. I yeah. did think where the fuck did she get those piranhas so quickly? But maybe she just has a guy. She has her ways. She's Wednesday. She's Wednesday. Yeah, like she wish she had a pet uh scorpion as we see later this episode. So I'm sure she's got some crazy shit. Well, I was, was disappointed sad. to find out later on he only lost one testicle. <laughs> right? I didn't know for a long time actually oh because they say a few things like, first of all, it looked like that dude completely just bled out with all the blood that was coming. <laughs> um, that was insane. But later on, we do learn. Yeah. He only lost one testing and that's it. Yeah. He should have lost more. Agreed. Yeah. Well, hopefully he's not a dick anymore. But it paid uh, off for the the line later when she's just like people like him shouldn't be able to procreate yeah. pays off. Yeah. It really does. That was perfect. Yeah. Uh, so then we got a cool little title sequence. Love it. Totally Tim Burton style. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get the family driving to Nevermore. We kind of see Lurch for a little bit. It's literally just familiar callbacks to old Adam's family days. Um, and we kind of get Wednesday talking with her parents. And but actually, before they pull up to Nevermore, we kind of get a hitchhiker real quick. That dude yeah. literally just introducing us to the beast. I guess you don't really see it here. You just see this guy get torn up. But eventually, the family does arrive at Nevermore, and we get introduced to Principal Weems, aka Brienne of Tarth. Oh, your looking first great, uh, looking great, girl. Yeah, she's awesome. She she's so is cool. incredible in the show, in my opinion. She doesn't really shine here because she's obviously not in this episode a whole bunch. Um, but what were your first thoughts about seeing her? And she was the principal. I love that she's just getting so much work. Mm-hmm. You know, she was so good in Game of Thrones. It's such a like an interesting role to play Brienne of Tarth. And she did it so well. I I love how there's still I don't love it, but I guess it's ironic that I love it. That there's people out there that are like she's like way too attractive to play Brienne, mm-hmm. which is just funny to think about. But she's just a great, great actor. So it's just and I don't think I didn't know she was in this until I saw her name in the the opening title sequence. And it's one of the first ones, too. So that was a nice like, oh, shit. OK, we'll see where she like who she ends up being. And then mm-hmm. it's I really, really like her. And I'm glad she has such like a prominent role. Yeah. And she's going to be more prominent in season two of Sandman, too. Right. Like Lucifer Morningstar is going to be a be- a more like prominent character. Right. Uh, what season? So, two? Yeah, it seems like. Oh, it's it not canned? picked up yet. 
pretty sure oh. Shane no it did get picked up there yeah, it does so it's coming it says yeah. the it's official on now oh thank god okay yeah, I thought there so. was a lot was of like, there's a lot of catfishing out there for it though okay and cool. yes they the cliffhanger was her conspiring to make problems in season two so very excited for that personally i actually got the impression that a star like Gwendolyn Christie was unnecessary in this show. Uh, to Netflix's credit, I didn't know she was in the show until I started watching it. So I'm glad they didn't advertise it as come watch this show to see Gwendolyn Christie. But yeah, I thought for the part, she was like too big of a name to have. Personally, she did a great job with it. But you mean you know, the whole season or just this pilot? Yeah, I mean, you know, the whole season, I guess. Well, the whole uh, the whole season in general. Yeah. I'm not but, watching yeah. this. I'm not watching this for the rest. <laughs> oh, just for that? No. She, like I said, she did a great job. I was just like, oh, that that just seemed like a weird casting. I don't know. She kind of plays a very similar character the way they talk. Uh, this character in Lucifer Morningstar and mm-hmm. Sandman too. Soft-spoken, like, oh, uh-huh. yeah. Just wow. B-Tom's a Gwendolyn hater. That's uh no 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 I I wouldn't say that at all just just she's too right big for her for own good that's exactly what right you said he wants said. her to get um, her own franchise that is what I wanted I mm-hmm. want a brand of Tarth spinoff show don't know what it would center around her being maybe well, she would be in the Jon Snow show she was one of the characters I appreciated most on my most recent watch of Game of Thrones so there you go love that yeah. and it's mean she played like she is a she's a very tall woman. She's very imposing. Very intimidating. Yeah, I, I like the dichotomy between like her stature versus how like kind-hearted she seems. Mm. How well it plays off of Wednesday. This very short girl who <laughs> is just like the complete opposite of her. I mean, she wears all black. She's always saying all these cynical things while uh, our headmaster here is draped in white. She's very tall. She's always seems very chipper. And you can tell kind of in this episode that she's chipping away a little bit almost. Wednesday mm. is chipping away at the headmaster and like kind of her kindness. I made a random guess last night when we were watching with Alex because Morticia and Gwendolyn Christie's character, what's her name? The Weems. Principal Weems. Weems. Um, they were roommates and now Wednesday's roommates with Enid, who is obviously this like very colorful, stark contrast person. I was like, are they mother and daughter? I just threw that out. Weems and, and Enid? Yeah. And, and both blonde. Well, that's why I said it. <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like yeah. what if it's just like history repeating itself, like their daughter? And Alex was like, that was a good guess. And I was like, yeah. I mean, it kind of is in a way. It's not yeah. the direct parallel, but it seems to be repeating itself a little bit. Mm-hmm. Put it on the board. Best yeah. room ever, by the way. That she got the main window. character room. Yeah, oh yeah we go God. to Ophelia Hall, her, old, her mother's old dorm, Ophelia Hall. Kyle, when you heard Ophelia, did you think of anything? Uh, no, no, I didn't think of brutal legend and Ophelia. Not. Oh man, okay. Sorry. Well, we uh, are in Ophelia Hall. We meet Enid. Exactly what Kathleen said. Complete opposite. I mean, she's so bubbly and happy, um, and so nice to her right away. And we learn that Wednesday is allergic to color, so immediately they're not going to clash. Um, and if I'm honest, when I first watched and got introduced to Enid. I was kind of like whatever about her, so uh, she definitely grew on me. And unbelievable! By the end, I was like, I fucking love you, Enid. And it's so funny because rewatching, you know, episode one, I remember seeing like, yeah, she's kind of like whatever. So interested to hear what you guys might have thought. 
Kathleen, I would imagine this is a relationship you'd be very interested in. These two young adults. Yes, especially for the since, first time. Well, I've heard um, rumors of season two that there may be a love affair between betwixt the two as well. Um, but you mean just friendship wise? Because I loved it. I can't Absolutely. wait until they eventually become absolute best friends and like partners in crime trying to solve whatever murders they're going to solve throughout the whole series. So, yes, Brian, spot on. I was loved. I loved her immediately. I love her fucking nails. I love that she was a werewolf. I can't wait until she like actualizes her powers. I feel like she's going to be even stronger than the other werewolves because of it. That's just my guess. Like she's behind, but I think that like eventually it'll something will happen. Enid is my favorite character after one episode. Hey, oh. so the opposite. Love to hear that. Yeah, I, she's definitely. I think my after I watched the episode, for sure. I even wrote, when we first met her, I said I I wrote down I like her a lot. That's and awesome. I like that she's a werewolf. Like Kathleen said, I'm more partial to werewolves, I guess, than than I am to vampires. L- large influence from the underworld movie series i don't know because i guess the werewolves are somewhat more mm. sympathetic than the vampires in that yeah <laughs> shaped my worldview of it as a as a young boy so yeah i would say that yeah enid definitely yeah 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 enid's definitely my favorite <laughs> character after one episode yeah and she's great too because this whole next scene she really introduces us to the entire school and this really just fucking blew me away the first time you guys were talking about you didn't know werewolves or or anything like that supernatural neither did i so we get enid introducing wednesday to the quad which she calls a pentagon immediately she's like why the fuck is this called a quad um and then we get we get the whole social scene um there's a lot of different types of interesting and special outcasts there but the four main types are fangs furs stoners and scales so fangs are vampires furs are werewolves and the scales are the sirens and the stoners are the gorgons which i didn't get the first time until like i watched through until like episode three or four when they explained it more later i didn't get that thank you for explaining that yeah so we we got that one dude come up to Enid and talking to her like, oh, my God, your roommate. I heard I heard she's like crazy and killed a bunch. And we kind of got a snake come down mm. out of his hat. He's like a Medusa type Gorgon. That's what they are. Yeah. We okay. also see Bianca Barkley, the closest thing Nevermore has to royalty. Very cool. Love Enid. Meanie. <laughs> What'd you say? I just love Enid. This whole scene, the way she presents it is so funny. I love that she has a little blog. I love how she's yeah. like the number one source for gossip and nevermore. She's just such a fun little character. <laughs> Wednesday's just resisting her the whole time. It's like she has like a natural kind of like rain jacket on for Wednesday's brand of just like having a perpetual rain cloud, you know? Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It just like rolls right off her. I know. And Wednesday's like, oh my God, how interesting, like sarcastic. And Ian's, <laughs> I know, right? Because she, oh, she was talking about how Bianca and we also get introduced to our hurting artist, or, or I forget, suffering artist, it might have been what Enid called him, Xavier yeah. Thorpe. Um, and they dated but broke up earlier this month. Nobody knows why. And Enid fucking loves the tea. She needs to know everything <laughs> about it so funny she even says right here like oh you should really get on twitter insta and tiktok and all that stuff so we get that it is is present day because of all the social media even with the old timey feels 
Yeah. I liked Bianca. I mean, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but the fencing scene was dope. I'm glad. I'm glad she won. I just liked that Wednesday got bested because she does everything, right? She plays cello, she fences, and all the stuff that, by the way, Jenna Ortega like learned to do for the show because she's that much of a fucking boss. Um, I, I think it's nice that she gets like put in her place every once in a while. Um, she also so. speaks Italian. Yeah, but she I, I read that she learned German for this, so she must speak German at some point as well. And she choreographed that dance that went absolutely viral mm-hmm. herself. Fucking That's insane. right. That you at least got to watch up until the dance, Kathleen, because I know you've seen the dance on social media. I've seen the dance. I've seen the dance. <laughs> uh, so the next thing we get is her saying goodbye to her family. And this is where the mom basically lays it down. Like, this is your last chance. No running away. So she gives her the necklace, um, which she says is used by Aztec priests for conjuring visions. We already know she has visions. Um, and she also gives her the crystal ball. We won't be able to reach out for a week. We kind of get that at the end. That's a nice little setup there because it ended perfectly at the end of episode one. So are we to believe that Morticia also has visions? Because that's what I took it as. Because it's like a shared thing. That's why. You're yeah. supposed to be thinking that for sure. Okay, cool. You, you pretty much get the reveal maybe next episode. Look that this, her- Rook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> stay in your lane, Rook. All right. <laughs> So skirting right along here, we get a quick kind of follow up to our I just called him a rando who got mauled by a mysterious beast in the woods. It's just the sheriff investigating the scene. And he's like, you know, it's not a bear attack, but we're going to tell the public it's a bear attack and tell nobody else to take a hike. Mm. Pretty much. Introduction of our sheriff. Nice little B plot going on in the background. Um, real quick, though, before we did get the Spiker scene, as the parents are leaving, the mom's crying, and Gomez, the dad, says, don't worry, we'll have somebody keeping an eye out on it. And they drop Thing, and Thing, for not saying a word, definitely steals the show. What were your kind of initial thoughts of Thing? So fucking cool. Just the coolest little, little thing. Have we asked you guys about Morticia and Gomez, your general impressions, because like, what were your thoughts about them? Like making out in the car and everything. I like knew that they are like a very, I don't want to say like a classic love story, but like they are very in love, I guess in like the original stuff that they are not like an, ex- I don't want, again, I don't want to say like an exemplary couple. Cause I have no idea what actually goes on, but I, I just feel like I've heard people talk about all the time that like Morticia and Gomez are like very in love. And like, they're a good example of, love in media and things like that so it wasn't surprising at all i love gomez's actor i don't know his name off the top of my head but he is just good and he's good in a lot of things and obviously classic Catherine zeta jones <laughs> <She dips laughs> beneath the lasers so anytime she's in anything i i like it just because i that song gets stuck in my head um so i think i thought it was good i, I honestly i like the uncomfortableness in the car when they're driving to Nevermore. <laughs> and then I, I like that uh, that we're getting a little emotion out of Morticia. I guess I didn't really expect that as much. You're making me nauseous and not in a good way. <laughs> like so the way she go- delivers lines like that is amazing. And also Gomez's actor's name is Louise Guzman. Louis Guzman. Guzman, Guzman. Yeah. yeah. Who I think of when I see him, I think of, I wish you'd step back from that ledge, my friend. <laughs> And he's the one that comes in with the lyrics when Jim Carrey's freaking out. Yeah, yeah. Yes, man. Thank you, Emily, for finally making me watch that. 
So uh, we actually go back to the dorm, and we see that Wednesday has completely divided the room in half. Even put the tape down on the floor. Took all the colors off the window. She was like, "Dude, I'm just you know doing my half." Um, and she's like, "Can you please keep it down?" We learned about her writing her novel, and of course, she does it on a typewriter because she hates technology, like we see later this episode. Um, and of course, Enid, you know, starts playing music, happy dancing, like dance around music. Um, and this is kind of like their first little clash, even though they've had like a bunch of mini clashes, kind of back and forth throughout like their their give and takes. This is uh, the first time we see Enid pull out her claws. So it was cool to see her kind of like mediate the situation or or not escalate it. She kind of like pulls out her claws like, you know, I'm not going to hurt you, but you're not going to be able to step on me either. So Enid doesn't just, yeah, she doesn't just like (laughs) submit, which is, was totally cool. The set deck on the show is just so fucking good. The split of the color and no color just made it even 10 times fucking cooler. It's the best. It's so good. Oh, I loved it. I was like, Enid, why are you mad? This is perfect. Like this looks better. And I also love that Wednesday is so, so, so whip smart. I love that they drop that. She has absolute perfect grades that she's writing this like multi novel about this girl detective. Like it's fucking cute and it's, it's funny. And it, she's actually so, 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 so whip smart. It it adds like another layer to it that she really just is like a genius, but she's it, just too, too genius for her own good. Really. It gives her an Avenue to like drop these awesome one-liners. Like when miss Thornhill presents her the flower, uh, she's like, Oh, it's a black Dahlia. She's like, Oh, I can't believe you already knew. She's like, of course I know it's the name of my favorite unsolved mi- uh, murder mystery. It's like, who the yeah. fuck knows that? She, she knows everything. Speaking of miss Thornhill, uh, she does come in right here. She is the dorm mother and she also runs the conservatory. So she'll just kind of be, what is the professor from Hogwarts who is sorry, Paul, oh, for yeah. fucking this up. Is that not it? Sprout? Sprout. 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 Yeah. yeah. Oh. And the other conservatory. Sorry. You guys got my reference in the beginning, right? This is, she played the original Wednesday. Yes. Not the original Wednesday, but the one from like the I 90s. The one in the 90s movies. Yeah. yeah. She's booked and busy. She's also on Yellow Jackets and is so fucking good. Ooh. So she is really. And for anyone who watched the bomb episode of Grey's Anatomy in the early seasons, man, she is. The <coughs> goat. She had the seen that in one. the bomb cavity. She, it's uh, her. Correct Ooh. me if I'm wrong, Kathleen. A podcast is going to be covering Yellow Jackets pretty soon, right? Uh, You are correct. Brian, we will be covering it as a Rooks and Vets. So we'll be covering it two episodes at a time. Some season Rooks, one. some Vets, season one. And then we'll be covering episode by episode as season two comes out. So that should be fun. Everybody, go steal your parents' Showtime account if you don't have one. <laughs> Just sign in through Xfinity or whatever you have. That's what I do. Don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. The last thing we get in this scene is we do hear about Jericho uh, for the second time this episode. It's just a neighboring town. It's like a 25-minute walk or a short shuttle. And it's a town full of locals. So no no crazy outcast people. And she uh, says they're pretty weary of the Nevermore students. Like they're aware yes. that they're kind of weird kids. Of course. Bully the outcast. Why not? Um, so then we get the fencing class, which totally cool. We do get introduced to Rowan, though, the whiny little bitch, who is like, Coach, she tripped me. And he was like, dude, I'm watching. It was totally clean. So I don't know. 
I was kind of glad with what happened to Rowan at the end of this episode, if I'm telling the truth. But we get Wednesday being more of a beast. Like, again, another example, she comes in. Of course, she is incredibly skilled at something else. She does have the... Yes, she does do the military challenge, no masks or safety tips. And Bianca, I love how Bianca was like, dude, fuck it, let's go. So, again... At school, being like someone at school being like, "All right, it's up to you, Bianca. No tips, first blood. Like that's fucking insane. <laughs> yeah. What kind of yeah. bullshit challenge is this?" <laughs> and I love yeah. it. So sad. Uh, somebody was talking about like being the safety inspector for Hogwarts, and he he's like, "Correct me if I'm wrong. You guys punished first years by sending them into the black." death forest like is that really like appropriate so it's kind of similar here like this is a school but like safety isn't really a fucking concern here yep if i if i had been there for a while and i saw her walk in with the black outfit i would be a little upset that no one told me that that was a possibility right you have to have a doctor's note that you're allergic to color yeah even what i i think because fencing correct me if i'm wrong is all like sensor based so I don't think you need like the white like outfit with like the black tip or whatever color tip to know whether you got touched. So I would do whatever I could to rock the all black fencing outfit. It's scary. It looks like the, the black knight type deal. Yeah, she looks great. Yep. I was getting parent trap vibes. Anybody else getting parent trap vibes? I get that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. From Lindsay yeah. Lohan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Lindsay Lohan and Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, of course. both of them. Yes, yes. starring okay. Lindsay Lohan. Yes. Um, we so we get them in the infirmary. We get Rowan and Wednesday kind kind of going back and forth and saying like we're outcasts among outcasts. Um, and as she steps outside to leave, a gargoyle, stone gargoyle, gets pushed and she sees it coming and then gets saved by Xavier, who pushes her out of the way. Of course, she gets knocked out but wakes up back in the infirmary and they kind of get Xavier chat going back and forth a little bit uh we learned that they actually met before her godmother's funeral he hid in the casket on the as it was on the way to get cremated and she saved him so they're even now that so, was one of my um lines i liked when she's like i thought your your grandmother had cheated death and was just like saying so i was like that's so stupid i fucking love yeah, it like, she i heard just murmurs like, yeah. and i got excited because i thought your grandma came back to life like that's so wednesday i was shocked so that they had that she didn't remember him i just feel like her brain is like a locked but like she would have she would recognize him even mm. if he's two feet taller, 40 pounds lighter, whatever it is. Like I, I felt I was shocked that they had any background. I'm excited about that. Cause I'm assuming he's going to be one of two gentlemen suitors for her this season. Um, and we haven't met Tyler from the coffee shop yet, but, um, that's what I am assuming. I don't, I don't know. So boys, 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 boys looking boys. back after I had watched the episode, I had a similar thought, of the point that Brian made earlier and that they did a good job of introducing us to a lot of characters, but giving them enough enough depth to kind of differentiate all of them and make us interested in a lot of them. Uh, I think because I didn't, I feel like I expected, like we meet Xavier earlier this episode, we find out, right, that he's he's the struggling artist. You know, I would say maybe not all of shows, but a lot of shows would just take that, you know, that's his introduction and we'll know that about him. But I like that we got more from him. So it makes us even more interested and then we get more from him later on. So I think that they did a good job of introducing a lot of characters, but giving us enough on all of them to keep us interested for all of them. 
Okay. Yeah, and I think I'm going to ask you guys your opinions of Xavier and Tyler, the guy from the coffee shop, after we've talked about their appearances, respectively. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I kind of like that backstory for Xavier, that with the crematorium, personally. And that will bring us to the next scene back in the dormitory where Wednesday discovers Thing. I love Thing, personally. Mm-hmm. He was great in the 60s. He's great now. I think this show needed Thing at Nevermore, and we got him. Does the thing from the 60s speak kind of like sign language like this one does? He like motions for stuff like he would. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Not like ASL. He just kind of like, yes, he was sentient. Like he knew what was going on and he would like motion. But yeah, he he was similar. I think this conversation was my favorite part of the episode. I would say. (laughs) I like that, like she, how she threatens him, the way she lays it out. I like that we get some background that he likes to keep himself well lotioned and his nails good and shit. I think that's yeah. like hilarious to we think about. We both know you're so vain. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That. That's just funny to think about. I love that it's he bows to her essentially, which was really funny. Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, it's weird because when they're together i mean things steals the scenes wednesday steals the scenes so when they're together they have this awesome chemistry which makes no sense to me because thing doesn't talk at all but he has so much like attitude behind his like motions and and the the actor whose hand it was and the behind the scenes shots of like everything he had to do incredible and it it just the end result was was perfect i mean it's it's one of my like kyle said favorite things about the show Thing switching the music while she was playing cello made me smile so big. Like I just didn't expect him to just be like and flip the page. I was like, so he nice. swore his undying loyalty to her. Yeah. So he's just gotta do whatever she wants. Um, so he, she even says, like, I have a plan, you're gonna help me. And this goes right into the Dr. Kinbot therapy sessions in Jericho, the neighboring town. So they they have that therapy session. Thing helps her escape and then jumps out the bathroom window to go to the weather vane, and we get introduced to Tyler. So, what between the therapy session and the weather vane little coffee shop, um, what were you guys' thoughts coming into this? I think the therapy session is where my other favorite line was, and and her line read was when she says, "Never bring a knife to a gunfight unless it's concealed." Yeah. Both times, I'm like, that's such a funny line i love it the way she deadpans it so good we also get her first smile in the uh coffee shop like as she learns about gomez's like murder rap or alleged murder rap we get her first smile and it's so nice like you know it's the first smile because you're genuinely 45 minutes into this episode and you haven't seen her smile once when she does Mm -hmm. it's like really effective and I, I mean, I really like this scene. I think if we're going to talk Tyler versus Xavier, I'll, I'll keep that if we're going to talk about that later. Yep. Okay, Kyle, what do you think about this? I really like the idea of her going to therapy. Uh, there's no way that would ever have been a storyline in the 60s. I doubt no. it would have scored its way in there in the 90s if there was <laughs> 90s content. Uh, so I just think it could, the potential for it to create a hilarious dynamic very often if she has to go twice a week is very funny. I like uh, I like the name of her main character, Viper de la Muerte. I really yeah. like that. That's That was a funny little bit. Um, I feel bad for the therapist, but I hope that if, if it comes down to it, it'll like 
it'll actually be something beneficial. I don't know if they would introduce it and if and if it becomes a thing, it's not going to be somewhat beneficial to her. I don't I hope it doesn't just become it's like a joke to her the entire time. And then I just really like Tyler. That's kind of all I have on him, I guess. And this scene, he just seems like a genuinely very, very good person. Like that's mm-hmm. kind of all he knows how to do is is be a good guy. It's just he doesn't really have any other way. It's kind of in his bones. And she is a little bit of not the opposite directly because it's not like she's a completely evil and bad person. So I think that they the potential for their dynamic is very good. I mean, he can't be bought, which is yeah. the best. That was, that I was mean, good. stand up. He, yeah. She always is looking for an adversary. So stand up yeah. to her. That's yeah. I, he says that line, I can't be bought. And she's like, fuck, I kind of like that. <laughs> uh, so to Kathleen, to comment about uh, saying this is the first time we kind of get her smiling, smirk a little bit. Uh, we actually got her like big smiling when she dropped the piranhas, but oh, okay. the first time, the first time you're watching, like it's so soon that you're getting introduced to her. It's kind of like, you know, whatever. It's not really a big deal on the rewatch. When I saw it, I was like, Oh my God, that's so funny. Of course she's smiling to murder yeah. and like her favorite thing in the world. And it, it really does hit so much harder on the rewatch. I know it was like the opening scene and in terms of Tyler and he's, seems just so chill like the first thing he says is like oh what do you like scaring the shit out of people or something like that like immediately he recognizes her as one of the weird outcasts from nevermore and he's like oh another one of these ones okay and he's like not weirded out and he just kind of like goes with the flow and they're great together on screen i mean i i assume another theory of mine not really a theory just a guess is that um the sheriff's going to be after her throughout this season, right? Keeping an eye on her, et cetera. So I feel like Tyler's going to have to like keep him off her back and like help her with that. So um, I, I'm trying to think of who will be more relevant by the end, Xavier or Tyler. I feel like it has to be Tyler. I don't know. I don't know, but I, I like that uh, the sheriff's his dad that adds like another layer to it and of like relevancy and that he'll be around yeah. a lot more complicates the yeah friendship a little bit. Mm-hmm. Forbidden um, love. <laughs> so Kimbach comes out of the office and Weems realizes that once they got away, we get the three pilgrims coming in. Who how are you gonna try to act tough and bully when you're in a pilgrim costume right. like that? It's the most ridiculous thing. And they're like, Yeah, we work at Pilgrim World, yo. They're like <laughs> proud of it. And I'm like, that's not something to brag about. Um I like and laughed she- out loud when I heard them say pilgrim world for the yeah. first time what a concept yeah. an amusement park based on pilgrims like what the hell is that yeah and they're never. acting tough about it like how do you not know we're pilgrim world yeah they love it uh so she takes them out uh we get introduced to the sheriff aka tyler's dad like kathleen said and then weems comes in and kind of scoots her out we also learn the sheriff knows of gomez adams because he's a wanted he should be behind bars for murder. So again, that goes into the Wednesday Tyler relationship. The sheriff hates Gomez, her dad. So what were your uh, thoughts about this whole freaking scene where we got Wednesday easily taking out these three chumps? I just thought it was funny that they like try to beat her up. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like an insanely ridiculous way to go about the situation. <laughs> it just like immediately gets physical almost. Yep. Agreed. Totally. That would never happen. Just like three boys attacking one girl. But I mean, again, if she did any of those stunts, I'm sure she had like a 
a stunt double and all that helping her out. But she is so good. I'm I'm sure she was involved as much as she could be. And they let her be in that. It's it a sick scene. You love to see Wednesday um, fight. And actually, these three so deserved it. Like in other in other scenes, maybe it's like you're being a jerk for no reason Wednesday because she just likes to be that way. Fuck these guys like fuck mm. pilgrims and fuck all of that. And they were just she, so aggro right off the bat. He was just so, like, my dad owns pilgrim worlds. Like, yeah, <laughs> I appreciated is that she allowed the situation and kind of fanned the flames to it becoming physical because she knew she could kick their ass and yeah. kind mm. of like was OK to let that happen. She didn't. Yeah, she didn't start it. And but she was ready to go as soon as it started. <laughs> we do know that she is. She is okay with bad things happening to people because in this scene, when she walks into the truck driver and gets the vision with his broken neck, she does not warn that guy because he turns around and is just like, oh, who let you out, freak? And then she's like, okay, I'm not going to take the time out of my day to let you know not to get in the truck because you'll die because of the vision. But yeah, yeah. Uh, in the fighting scene at the end, I don't know if you guys caught it, but Tyler's like, oh, where'd you learn how to do that? And she goes, oh, my Uncle Fester. <laughs> so that's like another callback to the Adams Family Watchers. Like B-Tom says, we get the vision confirmation on the way home as Weems is driving. We do see the farmer with his neck all cracked. And she's like, how can you tell from this angle? So she's even picking up on a little bit. Um, and then we get... Well, you can tell, I mean, at this point, and sorry to step over you, that it Kind of, it seems like it works both ways because the first time we saw it, it went in the past, did it not? Yeah, well, she's seeing like an additional yeah. time that yeah, Pugsley was getting bullied. Okay, yeah, yes. Well, I think the mom's words when she gave the necklace, not that they're connected, was visions, not like future, past, mm -hmm. whatever. So just visions in general, I suppose. Nice. And when she does drive by, she does kind of dig into a shirt and pull out the necklace and play with it a little bit here. So that was kind of cool to see. And Pretty then broken neck, I would say, too, by yeah. Netflix. I, I was impressed. Reminded yeah. me of Peter when he ju jumped yes. off the roof doing the shoe top, shoot, uh, rooftop, oh <laughs> rooftop shopping cart guy. Reminded me of a certain Mike Flanagan project, but I'll yeah. leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, she knows. All right. She so knows. We got arguably, and when I say arguably, this is my favorite scene coming up. I can't think of another scene even throughout this series. I absolutely adored this. We get Wednesday playing her cello to paint it black right outside of her room with the window behind her. Uh, we get like the, the camera going to every individual character reacting to them actually hearing the cello. Some were like loving it and feeling it. And some were just kind of like, <laughs> what the hell is that? Um, so we also got Rowan. Yeah. Going down the staircase, being telekinetic by pulling that book out and then ripping out some picture. And we get that more later. Uh, we got Tyler finding the Gomez Adams files in, in their garage. Um, we got the sheriff looking at the three murder victims. We get Xavier painting. We get Thornhill feeding her plants. We get Weems at her desk. And then we get Thing turning the music she tour. That was awesome. She uh, she ends, looks at Thing, goes, I don't feel any better. Um, and then Enid comes out, and this was a cool little touching conversation with Enid. It's a full moon, we learn, but Enid isn't wolfing out. She can't wolf out. Kathleen kind of talked about it a little bit earlier. Yeah. We also get the backstory of the scorpion when she was a little kid, which those boys in that flashback should be psych for serial yeah. killers. They're insanely creepy. 
Um, and and that was her story about crying. She swears not to cry anymore. Um, two things. One, painted black always reminds me of Westworld. Yeah, mm-hmm. season one. Love that. Uh, amazing scene. And moving past it for like the Wednesday telling the scorpion scene. This is already her opening up a little bit to Enid, which is more than we've we've seen her done and we can imagine she has done in years and years and years. I don't think she's opened up to anybody in a really long time. So even this little like smidgen of, of opening up is just the door is going to bust wide open and they're going to be best bestie girls by the end of it. I can't wait. And then maybe kiss at some point too, (laughs) which rocks. I would hope so. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So we end the scene with Wednesday asking Enid if she wants her solo room back. She just needs to help Wednesday with the computer. Um, and next thing we see is Thing knocking on Tyler's window, which Tyler had a very appropriate freak out, if I'm honest, in the beginning. <laughs> it's exactly what I would do if I've seen a fucking hand walking around. But then I was like, okay, maybe he's used to being next to Nevermore because he doesn't completely freak out. He settles down after it disarms him. Yeah. yeah I think they did a good job of showing that quote-unquote normies understand that there are like werewolves and vampires and such like out in the world i think it's more interesting that way i feel like i like it when it's like that versus when it's like it's all completely hidden yeah so mm-hmm. i appreciate Definitely. that yeah that they went out of their way mm-hmm. to show that that was kind of the case it's refreshing to see normal people walking around and reacting creeped out to very supernatural things yeah, but not like completely blown away. Like he understood yes. that, like, okay, this is like a nevermore thing. There's some type mm. of weird shit going on, but like it's not something he's absolutely never ever heard of. So he gets the message to call Wednesday, and I just love the it's a half a second thing of Wednesday walking up to the computer, not knowing how to use it, and just like slaps a button unknowingly. But of course it works. Um <laughs> and basically they uh talk out a plan to help Wednesday escape. And he says, you know, it's on the house. At least somebody's getting out of here. Next thing we get is the fair. Harvest Festival, ca- dude. Harvest Festival? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, when's the last Parks time you watched Parks and Rec? <laughs> Do they have a little Sebastian? I didn't see one. He was there. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so Enid is in on the plan. She even tries to hug Wednesday goodbye. Still not a hugger. Um, and then we get Weems just eyeing her up the entire time. She's literally here to make sure she doesn't escape. We got a short little Xavier interaction at the darts and little friction when Tyler rolls up. She says, you know, I should you should know I am waiting for somebody. Tyler rolls up before they get to go. Uh, Tyler is says here, you should have these files. These are your dad's files. Um, and, and as they're leaving, of course, these fucking pilgrim dorks show up again. This time with baseball bats. Absurd. But, like, what are you going to do? Murder her? You're going to murder her in front of everybody at the fair? <laughs> So that was just insane. And then they're like, okay, let's, uh, let's run through the crowd. We can lose them. Although, she honestly, bumped. maybe that is very program like that just, just ticked something yeah. off of my head. Yeah, I mean, true. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She does say, like, whatever, like, make it a theme park to like mass genociders or whatever. So yep. maybe they are kind of <laughs> acting the part and bringing their work into their personal life. Method <laughs> actors. Yeah. yeah, this fucking town, dude. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so they're running through the crowd, and as they're running, Wednesday bumps shoulders with Rowan, who also seems to be in a hurry. And she gets a vision. All she sees is Rowan's face, blood's 
splattering all over it. She can sense that Rowan might be in some sort of danger as he rushes off into the woods. Tyler's like, hey, we got to go if you want to make this train, et cetera, et cetera. Wednesday makes a split decision to follow Rowan into the woods where Rowan pulls the double cross and tries to kill Wednesday. And it is revealed that Rowan's mother back in the day, like 25 years ago, I believe was a powerful seer at Nevermore and had this prophetic vision that a girl and it, the figure in the picture looked like an older man dressed like a pilgrim were going to come and the rapture of the school was going to happen. So he said, my mom said I needed to defend the school against you. You are the girl in this picture. You're going to bring the school's destruction. I need to kill you. I, sooner. Go so ahead. my question is going to be, and I guess there's really no answer, but like is Wednesday not a seer, I guess. Is that what they're also trying to, give to us a little bit i'm not i'm not sure i mean we don't really have hard lines on any type of magic that's possible beyond like we see that rowan is telekinetic we have the the clicks i guess you can say and nevermore but i guess that's something that seemed like they were trying to say and then the second thing is that was rowan's whole plan like betting on her seeing him walk into the woods and having some level of empathy for him because i feel like betting on wednesday having empathy to follow him into the woods to stop him Mm -hmm. is like a wild take and plan yeah that's a great point because he doesn't know that she has a vision where she watches rowan die like yeah he just kind of just just walking away unless it's opportunistic it could just be purely opportunistic that he's like oh she's here true so I took it as he was grappling with the decision to like pull the trigger on it because he was like frustrated. Like, why are you following me? Why did you come with Mm. me here? And then it became opportunistic. All right, you're here. I'm going to take you out. That's why I took it. That monster is crazy. That monster is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) I thought I looked at Alex and was like, is this supposed to be a werewolf? Like, I just didn't. We hadn't seen a werewolf hulked out yet. So I was like, is this what the werewolves look like in this world? But then I kind of assumed it wasn't. So I don't know if you can confirm or deny. Once you got the eyes, you realize this thing is like a weird ass creature. It's definitely not a werewolf. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it gave Emily like a nightmare too. She was like, (laughs) it's so creepy. I don't like it. That's funny. Uh, When I saw its face, I was like, okay, yeah, this is definitely like a YA like kid show. Same thoughts. I was like, oh, that's like goofy, scary yeah, monster. Yeah, exactly. Like Scooby-Doo yes. kind of monster. Yes, perfect, that's perfect description. It, it definitely worked for the longevity of the season, I think. At, <laughs> because obviously this monster is going to be a plot point. That's funny. I saw it and I immediately thought, yep, that looks like Tim Burton. Tim Burton definitely had a hand in, in yeah. designing that thing. The line between Tyler and Wednesday circling back where he's like, oh, yes. you're not like scary. You're just kind of kooky. And she's like, I prefer spooky. That's from the 1960s. <laughs> spooky. Yes. Yeah, so that was that was unbelievable Very cute. and had to be highlighted. Yeah, they have a great amount of references. Like and they're not ending anytime soon. So if you keep watching, you'll pick up on a bunch more. Just curious, did you guys, the rooks, think that when Wednesday got this vision, that that vision was gonna come true like immediately after, like the farmer? Because I was like, all right, they're going to do something, and Rowan's just going to be a big player going forward. And then all of a sudden, we just get this beast come out and slice this dude up. Did you uh, think that I'll, was going to happen immediately? I'll be honest. I didn't know it was Rowan in the vision, so I assumed it would happen this episode. 
Uh, so I, I, I got I got the right answer, but with the wrong <laughs> thinking and formula. Yeah, yeah, use the wrong formula. Yes. I don't think I was thinking about it at all. I think I was just clocking it, and it honestly mm. happened so fast that I don't even think I had a thought to say, when is that going to yeah. happen? Because it was immediately like, <laughs> yeah, it is pretty bang, bang with a huge info dump in the middle of it. So um, yeah. the whole thing of like, you know, you're here, you're going to ruin the school, the whole prophecy aspect of it. It adds another layer going forward. I was still thinking about the pilgrims with baseball bats, man. <laughs> you were too busy. You couldn't even yeah. comprehend what was going yeah. on. Too much going I on. Just like, that, like, I'm just wondering what everyone else was like. What the fuck are those three up to? Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I don't know. Festival fellows, what are we doing? Are they- <laughs> there's no baseballs here. There's no, there's no baseballs. Yeah. So I don't know if you said this. Uh, did you say that it – Confirmed was Rowan who tried to kill Wednesday with the garg- gargoyle earlier. Yeah. Oh no, um, we didn't okay. say that yet. But no, okay. But, it was. but that was confirmed. Rowan. Um, so yeah. yeah, he he had it out for her since the get. And it honestly, as the rewatch makes sense because he's leaving the infirmary right before her as they're doing the whole thing. So it's great. Um, and it kind of ends with the picture falling directly on his sliced up chest. And then the last scene we get is Wednesday at her desk looking at the picture that Rowan just uh, ended up giving her. And then the dad's file of the the attempted murder apparently back in the day. And she gets a call from her parents on a crystal ball. They ask how the first week went. And, of course, she gives a line. As much as it pains me to admit it, you were right, mother. I think I'm going to like it here. Yeah. And we got a little smirk, too. (laughs) End of first episode. I was immediately hooked. So uh, I guess this is the big question to our rooks, uh, Kathleen and Kyle. What uh, What are your plans with the show? Are you going to binge it immediately, add it to the list, or are you done? You don't think you're going to watch it? Kyle, I'll let you go first. Um, I, I guess for me, it's it's like an added to the list. I don't know how high I would put it on the list. I, I think the the things that would keep me watching would be tyler and wednesday's relationship and then obviously enid because she's my favorite character um but again i it feels like the time period where i would be interested in this has passed seasonally i would say <laughs> if this like, was I, yeah i swear to god like if it was october i feel like i would feel more of an urge Makes to sense. continue watching this show but like so you just, might pick guess, it up in a few yeah, months maybe yeah add it to the list and we'll get to it maybe in october <laughs> but like i guess to play off of like an example of like i just watched an episode of kaleidoscope another netflix show and like i would like i would i'm going to watch that show before i would watch wednesday mm-hmm. regardless of us covering either on the podcast what you should do is what i did and just watch kaleidoscope in one day and then you have yeah. the, all the time in the world to watch <laughs> Wednesday. Yeah. No one watches TV like you watch TV, though. <laughs> but that was an official added to the list. And you could realistically see yourself picking this up in like October or something a year from now. Yeah. I mean, and if I, I guess if I'm looking for a show at some point, but I don't know, I, like I said, I guess in the beginning, it doesn't feel like it's a show that's like hugely geared towards. Mm-hmm me what i'm interested in i feel like maybe if the monster reveal was like less goofy i would feel more of an urge as well really no no it just it felt like see i don't know about that the the monster ripped multiple people to shreds there's multiple murder victims it's not like they're really like they're not pulling punches on that it's i agree that it was goofy but i think the whole show is quirky 
So mm-hmm. I think that was just like it's Tim Burton. It's going to be dark no matter what. Like even something like Nightmare Before Christmas, which is a child show, is dark as fuck sometimes. You know what I mean? Did any of you guys stay for the preview of what's to come in this season? Yep. First thing she says is it's about to take a dark turn. Did that yeah. kind of be like, oh, that could be something? No, don't care. I mean, I didn't get to say oh, that. I'm binging Kyle, immediately. I'm, I'm binging immediately. There you go. It's like it. I, I always try not to say it in the beginning. Like I, during my rewatch today, I probably we we started recording around like six fifteen. I probably ended it at like five fifty. I forgot that I like wasn't allowed to watch the next thing, and I had to like hurry up and jump because I was just like I was like cleaning while I was watching, and I was like fuck, I had to like turn <laughs> it off because I was like I'm just gonna let this rip all night. Um. Yeah, I love it. It's great. I mean, I, I, again, it, it's perfectly up my alley. I'm watching it yeah. immediately. I couldn't imagine sitting on this. I'm just going to quick binge it. Like, you know, it's and and I'm watching it with Alex, too. So it's even better. So it's like we'll we'll finish it by the weekend for sure. I'm not shocked at all that this show has become, you know, like a, you know, took kind of the world by storm for for a little bit there. I it still probably yeah. is is fairly in the zeitgeist. It's just like, I mean, it's really just not something i guess that's really for me um I, i'll be honest it's probably sacrilege maybe to say i don't really i i don't like wednesday that much for me personally the acting is fantastic which might play into it for me of why i don't like her because she's so good at being like cynically and like a little yeah. annoying and badgering people a little bit um like i said i mean I, like i've said multiple times enid's my favorite character i like enid a lot so that could also play into it too i don't think i'll I'll never watch the show, but I I could not sit here and tell you that this is a binge immediately with a straight face. Yeah, totally. Yeah, to- I, t- I totally get that. And I agree. I mean, there was almost like the high school-ish drama in some B plots. But for me, what got me definitely hooked was the B and the C plot. I mean, to me, the monster wasn't nearly it wasn't really goofy. It was supposed to be a, a messed up Creed looking creature like almost like a Frankenstein-esque little guy. And the, the gore, like I was saying, I didn't really think that was – yeah. like I guess it is young adult, um, but it, that the gore hit a lot harder than what I initially thought, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Um, so that's cool. I'm glad you enjoyed the first episode, at least, Kyle. I know we got a lot of other stuff going on. Yeah, uh, Kathleen. I mean, listen, it was fun to talk about. I, I like like – a lot of the things that they did, I think that the, they set out to do what they wanted to do and they nailed almost everything, like the costume design, all the sets, like Kathleen said, everything like the like her dialogue was really good. All of it. It's just maybe it really wasn't meant for me personally. Mm. I, mean, I do remember personally to crush it like Netflix wants people to just absolutely gobble shows up. And that's yeah. like their only criteria now. So I will say uh, what you said about Wednesday, about her not necessarily being your favorite. I remember you saying that about Naruto and then how you said he was annoying in the beginning and look how that ended up. So, you know, character development is always a good thing. Ah. That's not well, bad, Paul. I love receipts. <laughs> Call them out. So with that being said, any final notes from anybody before we get out of here? Uh, well, Kyle has already said he's team Tyler. Uh, Kathleen, what are your thoughts? Xavier oh. versus Tyler. I, you know, I'm a little scared that Tyler's a little too good now that we've been talking him up so much. I may, maybe he has a little bit of sheriff in him. I don't know. I don't too know. good I to be I'm true. I've needed. seen that trope before. Um, if I had to pick, we'll go with Tyler for now. But be warned. I said it. 
Okay. But I also wanted to just say that I, I am still a little shocked at how much this took over the world. Um, I think kind of like squid game, it's like a right, right show at the right drop time, perfect storm type deal, because we've seen a million good shows that get canceled fucking like, and they don't pick up steam enough. They get canceled or no, just no one really watches them. Right. Everyone is, everyone has fucking seen this show. And I just like celebrate that so much because uh, this show makes $20 billion. It just opens up avenues for more people to write more like fun little genre shows like this. And I always like that because sci-fi always feels like the little like engine who could and just like chugging along, but give, give us more money so we can make more cool shows and cover them on this podcast. Yeah. And it's a very easy watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very Very easy watch. So again, I can see why people just absolutely gobbled it up. Worth noting while we're on the conversation of sci-fi, give us money, whatever. Um, apparently it's a little up in the air who owns the rights to the Adams family franchise right now. People are saying that it could be moving to Amazon Studios because of a deal that they have with MGM uh for licensing the characters. I actually saw something today that suggested Netflix sign this deal for Wednesday, well before Amazon purchased anything. It seems very up in the air for right now. So there's a big question mark over season two of a show that supposedly broke like every Netflix streaming record, which is a trend for a lot of these shows. I'm seeing, oh, it's yeah broke our most recent streaming record for like a four day span they're like very odd statistics but they're saying the last like 10 shows uh that they've canceled after a season have broken <laughs> all of their records in the yeah. book so i don't know what the hell's going on um if you wanted to bring back the oa that'd be tight <laughs> um but bring this back is a rant. it's getting away from me if we <laughs> no, have a couple might have been a good choice uh paul you do your thing that's it was probably pretty expensive, man. I, I ain't going live at eighteen ninety nine. True. That's True, gonna like, do it for. <laughs> yeah, wrap it I'm up. Just say, let me just say, if you're if Netflix is gonna like spend the money to do the first season, when the, those two guys definitely said this is a three season thing, just like Dark Smash Hit Show Dark, give them the three seasons. All right. It's a husband and a wife, but yeah. Little those... Ricky, wrap it up. Get us out of here, man. <laughs> That's going to do it for us, guys. If you like what you heard, our podcast also covers other shows such as 1899. Uh, We covered House of the Dragon, Rick and Morty, um, a bunch of good stuff. Uh, We have a Patreon up if you want to become a Bingetown homie and follow us on Instagram, Twitter. Hit subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Or the easiest way to do all of that is to check us out at our website at bingetowntv.com. Personally, I was very happy to cover Wednesday. I'm very happy we got a pitch down. Very excited to hear Kathleen's episode. And I love Kyle's truthfulness. So I am glad you guys stuck around. And thank you so much for listening. We will see you back here next time. Love y'all. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 